It's your host, Kevin Oldham, back with another episode of Franchise My Business, the podcast for franchisors hosted by franchisors. Guys, if you look around and you see that you're, you've got electronics everywhere, your phone, your watch, your computer screen, everywhere we have electronics and those electronics have screens on them. And the one thing that most of us know is that one time or another, those screens are going to break. And luckily, we've got heroes out there that are willing to fix our existing devices. So today's show is all about Quick Mobile Repair, headquarters located in Scottsdale, Arizona, founded by Nick Fazio almost a, oh, a little bit over a decade ago, where he pioneered the 15-minute iPhone screen repair. He's been working super, super hard to make sure that those devices that we all carry have nice and new screens. I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Nick, welcome to today's show. Hey, thanks, Tim. I really appreciate you. Uh, you have me. Super excited to share the Quick Mobile Repair brand and yeah, educate the listeners on what we do. Yeah. What is it that you do? I mean, I think I did a decent job of describing it, but you guys do more than just fix screens, right? Absolutely. So we're a full-service electronics repair company. We can repair anything from a battery, a charging port, a screen, a phone, tablet, a mobile device. We also work on game consoles, computers, really anything with a power button. We can fix is what we like to say. That's on the repair side. We also sell certified devices in our stores. So if you want to come get a you know couple generations older device, we sell those in our stores. We sell cell phone accessories, uh, protection plans, and a wide array of you know any, anything pertaining to the mobile device category. That's awesome, and it's I mean it's huge, right? Uh, we have we're surrounded by devices in today's world, so business must be pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so we like, like, like Kevin, you mentioned, we founded the company about 11 years ago now. Um, and you know, we, ha I had my first location. She started it actually in the back of a tobacco shop, um, had a little display case, uh, paying $200 a month. And about nine months later, opened up our first retail location. Um, looks nothing like our stores look now. It was uh, really racks to Richard Seymour. <laughs> had like $6,000 to, to open up that store. So open that up. I was working, you know, Monday through Sunday, every day at that store for about five years. Um, it really learned the model. You know, back when I first started, the iPhone 3GS had just come out. So we're talking about the first iPad. This is right when the technology really started to hit. Uh, people mm -hmm. remember the iPhone 4 was the first year that it, that the phone was carried by not just AT&T. So we didn't really have mass adoption yet. People still in flip phones, Blackberries. Um, and so, yeah, we really pioneered the, the, the repair space now when it comes to parts and repair guides and all of that, it didn't exist back then. So we were going to rent to China, um, procuring the, the parts, shipping them here on a week lag time, putting videos together, learning, just taking them apart and going, how do we fix this? You know? And then, so that really is what started the journey and, you know, now, now we're here. That's that's pretty wild because yeah, I, I remember that now. You couldn't get the iPhone unless you were an AT&T customer initially. Like that was so wild. It rolled out to those guys. And yeah, first of all, I kind of want to go back to the flip phone world. I just, I miss having a phone, a dumb phone, like yeah. just the simplicity of it. But you got, you, you so you started this business in the back of a cigar shop. Yeah. Right around the time that mass adoption really started to take hold, made a name for yourself as locally there in, in Scottsdale as being, hey, I'm the guy who can fix your 
your your iPhone 3GS, right? Yes, exactly. Then what happens? I mean, so you're you're hustling there in the cigar shop. Like, what happens after the cigar shop? Well, you know, so I started when I was in high school. So for me, this was all intuition, right? I I, I didn't have really any education in high school, and so for me, it just I did what we assessed. If you opened up the uh, the first location. Um, and was there for about five years. I went. I then went to go uh, to uh, a uh, supplier. So then there was an the U.S. supplier that was selling parts. And so I actually went and ran their sales team. From that, I learned a lot about how being at a larger company, not just having a, a, a one-store operation, what that looks like on a larger scale. I was able to kind of you know, do that. I ended up finding my business partner, Alan Leffler. He's our CMO. And so joined up with him. We quickly opened up five locations, uh, four more locations in the Phoenix area. Um, really grew a good footprint there. Um, from that, I started doing consulting work for other businesses. And this is what kind of guided me the franchise world. I consulted for a company called Beard Pop. Um, they are a international cream puff company. So they have five locations nationally, and they do like custom cream puffs. And I was helping them with their marketing, and they were really growing their franchise here in the states. And so I was attending all the discovery days and what it looks like to, to own a franchise to be on that side of it. So did that for about a year and a half. And from that, I was like, well, why don't I just franchise my model? You know, why don't I franchise what I'm doing? When I do right, this? right. For about two years to 20, January 2020 uh, is when we started franchising. And it's uh, it's been going well since then. And one of our, our, our key decisions is, is obviously in our space, cell phone repair. There's U-Break in it, PR. These are the ones that have been there. They probably started around the same time I did. Um, Okay. And we, we acquired one of the lead development people from CPR. And so they came and joined our team gentleman named John Hart. He leads all of our development operations. And he came on board and we started selling franchises from that point on. That's awesome. So um, I, I love the, the rags to riches story. It's like the, you bootstrap this thing out of a cigar shop, which is totally random and awesome <laughs> in, its, in itself. It's like, Hey, it could have been anything. Right. Then, then you meet, um, he's now your business partner, Alan. Alan, right? Yep. Yep. So, so at what point did you decide to, cause I think this is something that a lot of operators, franchisors, um, they struggle with, you know, if, if I always use the analogy of, Hey, I'm, I'm a bakery and I'm making cookies and I've got these amazing cookies. I got three locations in Kansas city and everybody's going nuts for them. So I'm going to, I'm going to expand this thing via franchising, but you know, maybe I'm the visionary as a lot of business owners are the visionary. And uh, have you ever read the book rocket fuel? I have not or heard of it. No, I've just so been having the yeah, the, the whole premise is you've got to you you know for a business to rock and roll, you got to have the you got to have the visionary, but you also have to have the integrator, like somebody at GSD get stuff done. Yep. So you meet Alan. Not saying that you're not a GSD type of guy, yeah. but you're the founder. You find, hey, I need a I need somebody to run this thing. Like help me run from a from an operations perspective this business. How critical do you think that decision was? It was quite a while ago to to the success that you guys are having now. I think it was probably the one decision, the, the best decision I could have made. And I think the big thing for, you know, I, I am, right? I'm always with the crazy ideas. How do you make it happen? Yeah. I see for people who are owners, it's very hard to give up that control, 
You know, I think that's the main thing. And I was that person. I have such a hard time giving up control or, you know, being that way. And then you kind of learn that you can't do it. You can, I could own hundred percent of a small company where I could own less percent yeah. of a much bigger company. And so you have to kind of make that decision. Uh, one of the key things I think when you pick a partner, and I think it's so important, if you're going to grow a big company, you need multiple partners who invested, is, yep. is really the character of the person. Um, and and mm. less about maybe what their skill set is, but the character of the person, the, are they a good person, right? Because you're going to miss with somebody. It's fine to have a kid with someone. So you, you have to feel confident that that person is going to care as much as you, going to work as hard as you. The skill stuff you can learn. Well, the skills are commoditized in this day and age. So I, I think you can learn anything you want going on Google or YouTube or research. It, it, it's, it's that care factor. Um, and then yeah. we can replicate that across the board to all of our stores. You know, we look at our best performing stores, our store leaders. Who cares the most, right? Who, who, who really cares if their stores do it well? Who really cares if the companies really succeed? Those people, in my opinion, are irreplaceable. So then that would be... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, you've got to have the support staff that cares as much as you do, which is that's probably one of the more hard things I think that a lot of... Or it's one of the things that people think is going to be hard, which is scaling carry. Like as an entrepreneur myself... I'm super, super blessed to have team members in my companies that I like to say care 95% as much as I do. Nobody will care 100% as much as the owner of a business. Like, I think that's just going to be a fact across the board. But if you can find people that buy into your vision, like even 90, 95%, and they care as much like that, because they shouldn't care 100%, they shouldn't get, they they shouldn't allocate as much caring as, as the innovators, right? Uh, that's it's I think it's daunting to a lot of people but if you build the framework and you build the organization such you put people in place where you can scale carry you can scale service you can scale your processes integrity of delivery of the services and all those things and that's that's awesome man that's it the other thing is I think a lot of people the visionaries you know most visionaries know that they need that right hand to augment their blind spots, you know, and um, not enough, in my opinion, check their ego to be able to say, hey, you know what? Like, I, I, I do need somebody who knows this stuff and I will take a smaller piece of a bigger pie. I think the entrepreneur's ego gets in the way sometimes. So kudos to you for recognizing those things. Um, I think that's what defines a successful entrepreneur is, is being resourceful and then backfilling with what you don't have. Obviously, none of us have everything it takes to to be successful. So let's talk about the franchising because that's what this show is all about. You guys start franchising in 2019. Is that correct? No, beginning of 2020. Um, and, you know, we had started 2020. 2020. Got 3C in 2019. Good timing. Great timing. Great timing. Great timing. Yeah, right Right into COVID. But, you know, funny timing to open up some brick and mortars. Yeah. You know, and, and it's weird, right? Because you would take that. But honestly, COVID, yeah, did, I mean, it didn't do wonders for the world, but for our business, it was very deep, right? I mean, you're trapped in your house. You're trapped in your house. What do you yeah. need more? You need your laptop and your computer, right? So it became, we were an essential service. We didn't shut down and our, our sales jumped 30, 40%, you know, from pretty much April on, you know, and, and it really teed us off well. And, and, and I think that as we went out and we started selling, we went to trade shows, we went through, started getting leads. 
that was attractive. People who were, who were interested, right? I mean, when you look at the franchise space, I think it's over 50% food. Food food's very wide to franchise space. Well, food just got decimated, right? Because every restaurant just closed. And so that kind of knocked a lot of the food out that people were investing in. And it really opened up for a world with central services. And we fit right into that. So I think that was actually a great topic for us. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you guys spared, I'm sure, way better than we did in the smoothie business. Uh, that's what my franchise system is. <laughs> We're not deemed essential by any means. Yeah. Man, that's, that's really cool because you never know what's... Uh, well, first of all, you never know what business is going to thrive in a pandemic because this is most of our first pandemic, if not everybody's. Right. Um, but that's really cool. The, the timing worked out for you guys. Um, the... The traction you have is is remarkable. I want to tap into that a little bit more because yeah. I know you've got a couple locations here in our home market of Kansas City. Um, how many loca- how many how many locations can people walk into today? And then you mentioned uh, kind of roundabout figure of how many you have in the pipeline. Exactly. So right now we have fifteen locations open. Uh, those kind of spread across Florida's going to be our biggest growth market. It's a state, but Florida in general, and between Tampa, Orlando, kind of the coast sarasota area mm-hmm. down for lauderdale so those are our major growth areas we do have stores at utah salt lake city area um, kansas city and that part arizona um, so those are 15 cool. locations you can walk into today we have sold 90 locations 90 plus to across the country they in those franchise agreements this year we're scheduled to open up 15 locations I think about 50% of those will be in the Florida area with kind of sprinkle where, and that's what we have now. We have other deals on deck in Atlanta, New Mexico that will hopefully be closing here soon. But right now, it's, yeah. that's awesome. So you're going to literally, you know, if things go the way that it's planned, double the size of your physical footprint of things that people can walk into and be served uh, in this year. Yep. Absolutely. How's that feel? Like, how's that feel? Incredible. <laughs> It's one of those things where yeah, when I first started in 2020, we had the five corporate locations, John Hart, our chief development officer, um, you know, we, we had calls that went four or five hours. You know, coming from the seat oh, yeah. our world, and we just connected on a lot of things. Our industry, there was a lot of changes happening to not over explain, but CPR, you break assets, which purchased from the insurance companies, Assurance and Assurion. Um, and they're the that was or T-Mobile and Verizon. And so they were making the acquisitions of the brands and really started turning them into service centers, right? These franchise, a lot of franchises were bought out of their stores and they went to doing franchise locations, they break that fix to um, having only about 450 and buying back corporate stores. And so we kind of were aligned in our vision that these stores were going to become service centers, right? You have insurance, you need to repair, send that. And it kind of took away from the retail aspect that made this business so lucrative for a franchise. So we really aligned on that. And, and, and for us, that, that, that's what really heated up. And from, from there, uh, you know, obviously I used to say on those calls, the, the dream, right? You have five stores yeah. and it's dream of having stores across the country. I would tell you that as much as it is a dream, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Man, oh, yeah. franchisees and all of that, that, that that's a whole nother skill set that we could talk <laughs> for hours about. But you no, know, very excited and, and super positive, very, very excited to get this brand talk what we want. Well, and you, you know, you, you uh, I'm going to say you got lucky, meaning not lucky in your journey, but just lucky by your DNA. Because uh, you know, we talk about making that leap from 
you know, hey, I'm fixing, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur who's got a couple of, of, of mobile repair places myself to, hey, I'm going to go support other entrepreneurs and their vision. And um, and that's a leap, right? Like it's a big leap and you're kind of in the thick of it, which is supporting your franchisees. They have needs just like, I mean, they're your customers now. They're your yeah. customers. You got a new business to business relationship. So congrats on being born with the DNA that allows you to, to make that leap because some people aren't able to make that leap. They can't. They typically have to hire it out, right? They're just like, hey, I got, I'm not equipped to coach people, other entrepreneurs. Cool. That's not in your DNA. That's awesome, right? Um, so yeah, you hit the hit the genetic lottery there, which is awesome. I think there's a lot to it too, and 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 this is another thing you talked before about entrepreneurs. Go getting it away. You know, I for mm-hmm. to start this journey, you have to take a step backwards, in my opinion, right? So five stores, core which yeah. doing well, right? Very financially doing great. Ups twenty. Five years old, killing it, and for start a franchise operations, we're talking about a significant amount of capital. Um, and so yeah. I had I didn't take pay for about a year and a half. Luckily, I made money in the crypto space, so I was able to do that. But I got yeah. else, and then you know my partner had to reduce his pay, and so that's something else that is not said. You know, if you come from a Fortune 500 world and people are just throwing money at you, yeah, it's fine. But if you're truly going to try to bootstrap this thing. It, it, and people were not lending money in the COVID time. So like it, it no. was dead. And so we had to bootstrap the whole thing. And that's another big part of this is I tell people now that I've been two and a half years in, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a half a million dollars in my opinion yeah. to really do it. Yeah. It's fresh over 24 months. That's doable. If you have to leave corporate stores or generating the revenue, it, it can sustain it. Um, it. It's just a, it, it's a cash flow. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of investment groups. So, as people who were in the franchise space, to get a franchise up and going, it's just a cash flow takes place between the train yeah. and travel and all of that that goes into it. So that, that's another thing that you have to be aware of. Not 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 daunting, but something that there's like to be said for sure. Well, the other the other thing is your time, right? As the as as the CEO, you know, uh is it I'm gonna say more than the money, it's the effort like oh. just that the amount of effort you have to do, whether it's building your operations manual or whatever it is, you know, building an intranet, I mean, all these things that you need to get as close as you can to giving giving somebody a business in a box so that they don't have to make decisions and you've already made them and proven those decisions are the right decisions. And I think a lot of people underestimate the the lift, not only just capital, but time wise. Time wise. So what tell me about your team. So, you know, you you guys have you know, at the end of this year, you're going to have 30 locations that people can walk into, plus or minus. What's your guys' um, like home office support team look like or the support team uh, for, for your franchisees? Absolutely. So it's Bobby Mistel, Chow Lessler, John Hart, Chief Development Officer. We have Zach and Goglia. He's our director of technology. Tech, mm-hmm. tech is a very big part of this. Obviously, from the obvious side, we're fixing phones. But what makes us different? that the you break i fix cpr is what the independence and in my opinion is the tech when you walk into our stores there's an ipad on the counter that you can look through our entire inventory order devices and it's all created by us so we've custom coded all of that our onward deployment booking our e-commerce everything is all done in-house and so zach um he actually started at our stores at 16 years old bright young kid i uh, came for the yeah. taken in a suit you never worked <laughs> And uh, yeah, hired him and he worked in our stores for two and a half years. 
he was getting offers. He was taking, you know, college courses at junior year. Very, yeah. very he was going to go to college and we offered him to stay. And so he's kind of staying on to help grow the brand. And he still runs our offshore team. I think a lot of can be offshore. So we have 20 groups, people offshore doing online SEO, advertising, design, all of our designs are done at house. So that was a big thing for me. Um, you know, coming from where I consulted for this other brand and they outsourced everything. They outsourced the franchises, they outsourced the design, they outsourced it all. And I just saw how that can, one, get extremely expensive. You think it's temporary. You think it's short-term because you're like, oh, it'll be yeah. higher. But long, right. scale that out, you'll spend, you'll waste all the money on that. So everything is done in-house. Um, and it keeps everything symmetrical, right? Like you, all yeah. the brand is on point. Everything is dialed in perfectly. And he's going to lead a lot of our authority. And then we have Braden Sparks. He's our executive brand manager. And he really, who has created... Um, really the B2B side, you know, that's something that doesn't get touched on a lot on the front end. Obviously to our franchisees, it's definitely talked about. This business is not just the retail consumer, right? It is the people walk yeah. So yeah. we're working with, you know, we, we're working a deal right now in Orlando with Disney, right? They have over oh, cool. thousand devices at that park. And so servicing them, selling them to them. We have a lot of customers in Arizona, medical groups, real estate companies, uh, you know, Pest control services, all these different companies that have devices going, how do you market them? How do you go in and, and figure out what they need and how can you fill those gaps? Is it cables? Is it, we'll purchase your full devices from you. There's a wide right. range of doing. He really has put together this process on how to acquire those customers. And so he needs a lot of the, the marketing efforts, the social media, things like that. That's our core team. Uh, we do have other people who help with like operations. Mm -hmm. I have a, a big, a big part of our network, in my opinion. Obviously, there's people in this world know what Slack is, Microsoft Teams. Yeah, our business is built off of Slack. So each of our franchisees have their own network, all interconnected. So all of our stores are talking to each other on an hourly basis, right? So if somebody got, gets a phone that you've never heard, a Kyocera Endura Force Four. I never even see it. But someone will put a message, how do we fix this? Now you have 80 technicians who can answer questions, right? You have at the drop of yeah, you have all that, that, that knowledge, that knowledge base. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that is a huge way that we're able to scale and keep everybody connected. So I think yeah. when it came to the other franchise world, there was a disconnect, right? There was a relationship with franchisee to corporate and maybe in market, franchisee to franchisee. But across the board, there was not this giant connection that took place. And I, and I think everyone was in it together, right? It's yep. a store. Here, the city's doing bad and, and floor, and that affects floor, right? Because we want more stores open. It helps evaluate all of the locations. And so that's something that's super important. All of our franchisees, we talk on a monthly basis on a call, but then even that, they're, they're all communicating all the time, uh, which from a franchise or perspective, sometimes, is so, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for, right? Has to be willing to accept all the the good, but then also some of the bad things with it. But I think yeah. it's super important for Sean franchise. Yeah. I'm going to say that that's one of the defining factors as to whether or not you have longevity and renewals and all those things, because 
that familial aspect that, you know, where, where everybody is working together is what attracts a lot of franchisees to this business model. Like they don't want to do it alone and they want to reduce the amount of risk they have when they do it. Like those are two of the most valuable things that we can offer the people that we serve. Um, and I love the fact that you guys have just put everybody in Slack and it's like, hey, I ran into something I haven't ran into before. Can somebody help me? And chances are somebody's going to be able to help. So yeah. let's talk about because you guys have a couple. I mean, I, first of all, I didn't see the corporate big account side coming like that's that's a really cool revenue channel for your franchisees. You have services in terms of repair. But I also heard you say at the beginning that you guys have, have refurbished devices, yeah. peripherals, all those things. Um what side of the business is bigger? Is it services or is it like selling products or is it kind of a yeah, definitely, It's definitely repairs. I would say over time, it's it, it's it's slightly changed, right? I would say yeah. we almost all repairs. I would say in that okay. repairs, but slowly it's been getting more and more to the certified device section. And the reason why I think is there is as big of the jobs devices, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. we all we watch these Apple events where we see what comes out with phone. It's the exact phone. So if someone's doesn't want to spend $45 a month for the rest of their life, hypothetically, because they're gonna mm-hmm. and you're spend that forever, you can kind of get an iPhone eleven for or three ninety nine, ones. And that's your phone and you own it. All the devices we sell are fully unlocked on any carrier of the world. Um, and so that's become more of the business, I would say, uh, you know, yeah. 10, 20 percent of the last five years. But we're still repair happy. A lot of the customers are they come in to get a device repaired. The device is unrepairable. Well, oh, hand the device here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good bit. Hard shit, I would yeah. say. And once people buy a device with you, with us, why did you go and finance a device at all? You know, I, I just learned that I don't have to find out the device for 36 months. All right. Which from you. So that that's once someone buys it, they usually continue buying. And that's what we see. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of getting off that device work uh, treadmill. And I know exactly what you're talking about. We have like four devices in our family and all those things. And uh, I could also see another big market for you guys. I don't know if this is, if this is true or not, but you know, we've got an 11 year old. He's going to get this first phone when he goes to middle school. I'm like, I'm not going to go buy you a brand new iPhone because I know chances are you're going to break it or lose it, right? Yep. So do you find a lot of like the 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 first time phone buyers, people coming in there and getting them for their kids as their first phone as well? Yes. That, yeah. that, that's a big part of it. You know, kids, yes. uh, parents, right? Older parents, 78, or kids who come in and buy them for them. But that, that's a yeah. good part. But I would say also we sell iPads. So a lot of the iPads are sort of in that um, Apple Watches, the AirPods, Apple Pencils. So it's a wide array of those type of devices that we style. Yeah, kids are, are a huge portion. Yeah. And you guys are lessening the impact on our environment as well by re, you know, reusing, which is kind of this touchy-feely thing, but it's also like a real thing. I mean, we're you know plowing through our resources, silicon shortages, all these things. So that's awesome. Um, if people want to learn more about quick mobile repair, like where's the best place for them to go, whether it's a franchisee or whether it's a retail customer who wants to just see if there's location close, like what's the best way for them to learn more about you guys? Absolutely. So if you go on our website, quickmobilerepair.com, obviously you can see all of our locations, you can view our services, what we do, uh, what what we have to offer. And if you're looking at a specific area, obviously there's locations tab, you could pull that up, you could pull up any of the actual locations, each location that is on micro site that has personalized information. So you can see who the manager is. 
can see the owners, you can see all of that information. For a franchise, franchise tab, if you're interested in learning more about the business, possibly becoming a franchisee, you can go there and yeah, we'd love to chat with you. So I was like, if somebody wants to be a franchisee, they better hustle though, because you guys are blowing up and territories uh, are, are evaporating quickly. So, well, thanks, man. I deeply appreciate you joining us. I love, I love the fact that this business was founded in the back of a cigar shop. Like, that's just a really cool founder story. In the entrepreneur's journey, I always love hearing the founder story because it's never... It's never, hey, I went and got an SBA loan. I rented out this place. You know, it's never what everybody thinks. I wrote a business plan. No, 90% of us were just faking it so we could make it and hoping we didn't have to go get a job again. <laughs> well, right. 100%. Well, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed today's show uh, with Nick, do me a favor. Think about one person that may benefit from this episode. Uh, he's a young entrepreneur who started really with you know bootstrapping. This is you, know, you got somebody in your life who's thinking about bootstrapping a business. This is a great episode to share with them. So go ahead and share it with them right now. If you enjoy the franchise my business show, uh, please do me a favor and subscribe on your favorite platform. Until next time, I'm your host Kevin Oldham, and I hope you have a phenomenal day. <laughs>